I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. You're here for a weekend update for the week ending July 17, 2020. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Put your seatbelt on because we're going to go a few places that we generally don't go in this episode. The market didn't do a whole lot on Friday, so I need some new material. I have a list. We're going to discuss a little bit about trading expectations. We're going to talk a little bit about logic and how it's applied to the market. We're going to look at a few stocks from a perspective that's going to tie into something that you hear maybe once or twice a year from me. What is that thing? We're going to be, we're not yet looking, but we're going to be looking for a turn. As we know, time is more important than price. Not to say price isn't important, they're both important, but what I'm working on is matching up price and time and when and where that turn should occur. We'll get to all that later. Let's go back to the daily chart and our focus is on what's the market doing at present. Let's insert some logic right away. Opportunities to go down doesn't go down. What does that tell you? From a logic standpoint, a common sense market standpoint, if the market has an opportunity to do something many, many times and it chooses not to do it, then it's headed somewhere else. It's choosing to do something different. Now, On one hand, it seems like that's coming from Captain Obvious, right? However, you have to look at it from the standpoint of, we know the market's climbing a wall of worry. We can have a laundry list of problems from here to kingdom come. It doesn't matter. The market's doing what the market's doing. And when the market is out of time, it will be out of time and the trend will change. The character of the market will change. It changes on a dime And here's the proof. Go back to mid-February of this year. What was wrong with the market? That's all the way up here. February 18th, February 19th. What was wrong with the market? Nothing. It changed on a dime. Coronavirus, whatever you want to say it was, whatever it was. Same thing on the flip side. All the way down here. The market's going to fall out of bed. Things are getting worse. We're looking for a turn. What happens? Here's the turn. Well, guess what? There's another one coming. I'm not telling you when it's coming just yet. I'm not 100% sure when it's coming just yet. Maybe it's going to come Monday. Maybe it's going to come in a couple of weeks. Maybe it's going to come at some other time. However, it's coming. Right now, let's focus on what is the case because we have to take the market at face value based on whatever chart we're looking at. Face value on the daily chart is the trend is up. We're coming up to a double top. But what we're doing is we're grinding up to the double top. We're not running up there to do a quick test, get rejected. The market had its test and rejection opportunity. It's choosing not to get rejected at present. Just from another common sense perspective, would this double top area here be logically the final destination after all this stuff? And the logic would say, at least my logic from where I sit, would say, no, probably not probably got something else in mind. Like what? 
Well, let's go back to the weekly chart because it is Friday. Therefore, the week closed. We have information that we didn't have the rest of the week. We look at the daily chart all week long because we like the closing prices. They're what's important. On a daily chart, it's what sets us up for the next day, the next couple of days. Guess what? The weekly chart is 5x the daily chart. Let's see what we got. We know what we've been talking about. We've been talking about two breakdown candle highs. So on one hand, here's the high of this breakdown candle. And you can see they're really, really flirting with busting out. Now, is it a fake out? Look, the weekly chart is obviously in an uptrend. It's in an uptrend because it's above all the moving averages. Just because we haven't got back to the all-time high doesn't mean the market's not bullish. It is bullish. But we are at resistance. So let's get the numbers. The high of this breakdown candle happens to be 323.41. The high happens to be today, meaning Friday, was 323.04. So they're flirting with the highs. They never spiked through the high yet. They have yet to challenge the high, but they're awfully close. Couple of bucks higher is the high of the next breakdown candle. Now, if in fact the market is going to peter out, if it's going to fail at either this or this breakdown candle high, that's fine. It will give us a signal, a sign of a trend change. We'll first notice it on an intraday chart. It will morph into an hourly, an in-betweener chart, a 120, a 240, a daily chart, and we'll see the turn developing, which will do what? It will give us something to trade against. In order to take a position... When the market's making a real turn, we're not talking about a 2 or 3% correction. We're talking about a turn, a multi-week, maybe a multi-month turn. If we're going to begin building a position like that, and I'm not suggesting you do that tomorrow, you need something to trade against because if we're going to be wrong, we want to be wrong small and fast. Sometimes these trades take more than one attempt. After all, the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew are really, really good at their job. What's their job? The official job is to make as many investors and traders look like fools as much of the time as possible. Here's what I'll say on the position of the chart and what's been going on lately. Generally speaking, and this certainly isn't a hard and fast rule, this is just generally speaking. There's a couple of types of tops that you want to be looking for. One is a market runs up to a spot kind of in a hurry, which tells you it's a destination, just like stocks on the move, all of a sudden hits the spot, and shortly thereafter, it turns around and heads back in the other direction. That's a rejection, or in the case of support, it's support and a rocket ride. Another type to watch out for is a rolling top. So a rolling top is where the market kind of makes a... I would say somewhat of a semicircle and kind of goes up and it never really spikes up and it begins to roll over. That's where the term comes from. It's rolling over, rolling over, and then all of a sudden it breaks an important price point and therefore the acceleration begins on the downside. We don't know what we're going to get. We don't know exactly when we're going to get it. We will, but right now let's focus on what it is. It is in an uptrend. You have a gap all the way up here at about 333 and a half. 
Does the market have another 120 S&P handles in it? What would have been the answer when the market was down here toward the end of April? Never underestimate the market. Net, net, nothing's changed. This is a big, big spot. And right above it is another big, big spot. You could very well get a rejection right here. Do they have enough powder in the musket to get all the way up to fill the gap? I don't know. It's possible. The question's going to be, will they run out of time? Time is more important than price. Let's do a quick run-through, and then we'll get back to the charts. We'll do a run-through of Inside the Numbers, the commentary, Stocks on the Move. It's going to be quick because not a lot happened on Friday. It's the summer. You get the summer doldrums. You get floater markets that get into a chop shop formation. We're already greasing the skids at 7 a.m. Quiet market, float around. Here it is again, 7 a.m. on Friday. Of note, the market has had every opportunity to go down, but won't. There's a destination yet to be reached. That's what she's saying. Let's see what else we got. So the early thoughts, which is posted before the opening bell, usually within 15, 20 minutes, maybe a little bit more. We'll let them open up, let the morning rush take place. The spot up north that would provide overhead resistance is ES3216 to 3218 and SPY32158 to 321.85. It's the gap up north. We discussed it yesterday. What about a shakeout operation? Down south, we have the gap left open from yesterday at 3207 and 320.80. Then below that, we have the big fat round number. So here's what we have. Right out of the chute, before the opening bell, you're in uniform, pre-game warm-up, you got the numbers. You know the routine, here's a five-minute chart, SPY, right of the vertical, today's activity. Market's gapping up to where? 321.58 to 321.85, and there she blows. Think that 321.58 was important? Look where they went to at the end of the day. Accident or coincidence? Probably not. Other side of the coin, what happens? The market comes right down to fill the gap at 320.80. Was that a good exit for traders short from the opening bell when the market spiked up to what? Overhead resistance. And the answer is, sure it was, absolutely. Did we know that it was going to go down to the big fat round number? There it is, 320 on the button, big fat round number. They go down to it and what? And reverse. Friday floater market. Shakeout operation awareness. Do you think you could use this information to your advantage by having the numbers before the opening bell? So you know what the commentary is going to say. We kind of gave the whole thing right out of the chute. We'll go over the stocks on the move in a few moments. Let's run through the commentary. What you can do is pause the video and then restart it at your leisure. There's not a whole list of commentary today or a whole day full of commentary. Why is that? Because it was a Friday floater market and I greased the skids early, it was likely to be half a day. Well, guess what? It was exactly that. It was half a day. The morning was okay. The notes were there. The commentary was there. The numbers were spot on. Everything was working well. The market goes into a float mode, and there's not a lot you can do with it. We know what happens when they go into the float mode chop shop formation. When it's light volume, quiet markets, they tend to eat time off the clock, by going sideways most of the time. But the path of least resistance in those type of markets is not only sideways, but higher. But you don't know that's going to happen. 
So you sit there and you watch the market all day long and you feel like you're missing out every time the market begins to move higher and it just goes back into chop shop formation. Eventually it goes higher, but you can't guess that it's going to go higher. It's not a bona fide trade to say, oh, it's a Friday float market. It's just going to go higher. It doesn't work like that. So when there's no volume and they've sucked the life out of the market, there's really no point in just staring at the market going back and forth, chopping traders up for the entire afternoon. Stocks on the move. We're going to take a look at two charts, even though only one hit its numbers. That's plural. It provided two trades, but we're going to look at this in depth. The first one we'll look at is Wayfair. It didn't hit its number, but there's a method to the madness. You know that. CYTK is the one that hit its number, and the other two did not. Thought we were going to get a trade from last night in Netflix this morning, but it started to run away and then ended up being in its own floater formation. How about Wayfair? The number on the board, 213.09. The low of day for Wayfair is 213.11. It's a heartbreaker. The takeaway is, look at the rocket ride. 217.49, less than an hour later. You gotta be shitting me. But you know the deal. Some of these hit the number and still do that. That would have been nice on a Friday. I'm sure there's some of you out there that picked this one off. CYTK, Cytokinetics. This one happened quick, right out of the gate at the opening bell. The low, 2363. The number posted on the board, 2363. High in the same candle, meaning within minutes or a minute or so, 2397. It's quick, doesn't sound like a lot, but stop and think about it for a second. It's more than the 1% that I advocate taking profit at, and you have to put it in perspective. It's a $23 stock. They give you about 1.4% in a second. You have to take something. You have to take something off the table. Then they play games. They come down to the second number. Wasn't that far from the first number, but they come down to the second number. And look at this. What's the low? 23.22. What's the low here? 23.22. It's unbelievable. What's the low here? 23.23. They won't hit my number of 23.21. They go sideways for a long time. What does that tell you? Tells you they're going to break lower. They break lower. They reverse automatically. And it never really got that far away. And on a 15-minute chart, here's what the trade looked like. And once again, if you just pull back the curtain a second and you paint by numbers, think about what I advocate doing, just for a second. We're just looking at the mechanics and the numbers, not saying this was the trade that should have happened, not saying this is the trade I did, not saying this is the trade you did. Just saying, if you followed the rules for a second, this is the result. You buy half at the first number, half at the second number, Your average is 23.42. The stock goes out at 23.97. Just call it 24 bucks for argument's sake. What is that? It's about a 2.3 or so percent gain painting by the numbers. It's not a home run. It's a base hit. I'm not saying it's easy to do. This is not easy to do. I get that. But when you do the analysis after the fact, like right now, what you're doing is taking away this. Here's a one-minute chart. Who can follow this? You don't know what's going on. It's impossible. It's a bunch of what? It's a bunch of noise. Look at an hourly chart that eliminates a lot of the noise. 
the market gaps down or this stock gaps down, it comes into the numbers, which is a support area, takes a while, starts to make a turn, and goes up for the rest of the day. That's really what happened. Sometimes these things take time. When we have a short-term chart, we think short-term, we have short-term expectations, we want things to happen quickly, of course, but you have to pull back for a second and think what this is. Look at it this way. Here's an hourly chart, okay? This isn't magic. Here's a gap. Does that gap happen to be around the same thing as the number? May not be on the number, but it's pretty darn close. Yeah? Do you have a breakup candle here? Yeah? Is that around the same place as the second number? Yeah? Am I doing anything other than what I teach? Not really. Here's a daily chart. What's going on here? The market ran up to this spot, ate some time off the clock, right? Chart vibration. All of a sudden, it breaks out to the upside, puts in a high, comes all the way back down to do what? Test a former breakout, former breakdown area. Am I doing anything that qualifies as rocket science? No. I barely got through school. I did good in math, though. I know my numbers. Told you we were going to do some stuff that we don't normally do. Peel back the curtain a little bit. What else we got? Nothing doing over in Camp IWM. Same place it was yesterday for the most part. They're eating time off the clock right above and sitting on the 200 period moving average. What are they doing? They're building energy to do what? To get up to 150. Favorite market leading indicator? Not bearish. Bullish. Second favorite market leading indicator. First favorite canary in the coal mine. Look at the transports. Doing what? Breaking out. Did they fill the gap up here? No, they didn't. It was a near miss. Why? That's what they chose to do. When you come within 20 points, they could have pushed it up there. They just didn't. Let me qualify something. I said breaking out before. I'm not breaking out over this double top. Just breaking out over here from this eating time off the clock pattern above the moving averages, the 20 and the 50. That was eating time off the clock. We are breaking out. They are breaking out from that pattern. That's what happened. Sooner or later, they'll come back down to do what? Run a test of the breakout area. Same thing we just talked about in that stock. Doesn't matter whether we're talking about the transports or some off-the-beaten-track company nobody ever heard of. All charts act and react the same way. The Qs, Silicon Valley folks, still have an operating reversal, bearish, flaggish, wedgish thing going on, but remains in an uptrend above the moving averages. So you have kind of a push-pull thing going on. You have a market that looks like it put in a reversal, and now it's eating time off the clock, building energy for another push lower, likely into and below the 20-period moving average, until and unless it reverses and breaks out to the upside, wiping out this reversal candle. But this is a bona fide reversal candle, so that's what's going on, but you have the push-pull thing going on. The bigger trend... Or I should say, the bigger thing, the bigger force, is the uptrend rather than the one-day reversal in the Qs. So you have to think of it as levels of importance. The XLF. Anything important develop in the XLF? Not really. So they were down $0.09 or about a third of a percent. The fact that they got above all these moving averages over the last several days, over the last week or so and remained up there, that's more important than it down $0.09 on Friday. 
By the way, I meant to make mention, but I forgot, so let me circle back. We're talking stocks on the move, we're talking earnings season, and we're talking bonanza. That's really what begins to happen next week. We saw a little flavor of it on Thursday, but the real bonanza starts next week, and it goes on for a while. So get ready, put your seatbelt on, show up in uniform, ready to go. Smash Mouth, good proxy for the tech sector in and of itself, semiconductor space, anything wrong. You do have the same reversal candle, you do have the same situation as the Qs, it isn't an uptrend, but you have the reversal. So you don't really know which one is going to play out, so you don't do anything, but you watch. Either it's going to break out above the reversal candle, wiping out the reversal candle, or this bearish wedgish thing is going to begin to play out. How do you know if it's going to begin to play out? Start getting hourly closes, daily close below 159, and it's likely playing out. How about a little something extra today? Let's look at a handful of stocks, and let's circle back and talk about the turn, right? When's the turn going to be there? Well, not everything happens at the same time. You begin looking for divergences. You begin looking for signs, signals. Not all markets are going to turn at the same time. Some are canary in the coal mines on the way up. Some are canary in the coal mines on the way down. Some are proxies for one another, and some don't tell you squat. So here we look at some of the widest held stocks. Why do I do that? Because everybody owns these. In mutual funds, the hedge funds own them, the institutions own them, they own them for their clients. Everybody owns these stocks that owns any stock whatsoever. So when the market does turn, these get hit extra bad because they went up extra high because everybody was buying them with three hands. You can't shove 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Everybody runs for the exits at the same time. You get the point. Now, right now, Amazon on the daily chart, this is a reversal, but the market came down. A reversal doesn't always mean a collapse. Doesn't mean you're going down 2,000 points. It means the market stopped going up. It's going to go down to a support area. It depends on a lot of different things where that support area is. It's a generalization but you have to understand the concept. A reversal doesn't mean collapse. So far, it's been supported around the low of this breakdown candle. Has it not? Is anybody here surprised to see that? No. Doesn't mean that's the final place on the downside. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. That's not the point of bringing up the chart. The real point is we want to know if some of the widest held stocks are petering out. Are they getting tired? What does the weekly chart look like? Does that look like a reversal on pretty good volume? Maybe so. We have to take note of these things. Doesn't mean the next week is going to be down either. Remember, these things get a retracement when these type of reversals take place. Not all the time, but sometimes. It's another awareness. Put it in the awareness bucket. What's going on in the month of July? What's it going to look like at the end of July? Are we going to have a big tail candle? Or are they going to go up in the second half of July? We don't know, but we'll look at the end of July. What about Apple? Anything wrong with Apple? No, it's in an uptrend. Couple of down days, there's nothing wrong with this chart whatsoever. Is that a sign or maybe a signal of a possible trend change? It could be. Was it on any kind of high volume? It was not. Is this 
very far extended from home base? It is. Could 399.92 represent a top? It could. Doesn't have to, and I don't know that it will. I'm just saying it's somewhat of a coincidence that the high was a few pennies short of 400. 399.82, pardon me. Monthly chart is just a straight line up. We don't have any information from this other than it's just too high, but that doesn't mean it can't go higher. Look how far it is away from home base. What's home base? The 20-period moving average. But the daily chart really isn't too far from home base. It's interesting. Facebook, daily chart, can make a case there's a reversal there. Can make a case you got the same bearish wedgish thing going on. It's in an uptrend, so above all the moving averages. So you have two things working against each other, but it's information. Nothing really going on in the weekly chart that you can sink your teeth into. about Mr. Softy? We're starting to see some distribution in Mr. Softy. Broke the 20-period moving average, closed below. What do you got going on the weekly chart? A little bit of a reversal. Not tremendous volume, but you're making the case. Extended from home base. What's going on on the monthly? Month isn't over yet, but that's interesting. Netflix, this was a stock on the move. Those are the numbers. Look at that reversal. That's an interesting weekly look. See, it pays to look around the horn. All this stuff right now is an awareness. There's a turn coming, but you don't want to be wrong for like three or four or five weeks. It's painful. You get multiple pies in the face. It feels like crap. There's stuff going on. Here's Google. You have a reversal, same deal, same routine. All the tech stuff, not all, but a lot of the tech charts look very similar to each other. That's how we know it's all the same market. It's just not the same every day, not to the same magnitude, but all in all, you kind of read it as all the same market. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. True and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.